Bosses lord it over their people, but leaders serve them. You're listening to Marketplace Ministry, a podcast for Christian entrepreneurs that looks at business through a biblical lens. Your business is a calling, and when you do it according to God's principles, it is an act of worship and brings glory and honor to Him. Let's get into the show. Welcome back to Marketplace Ministry. My name is Jason Smith. Good afternoon, everyone. It's Justin Jeffcoat. And on today's show, we are talking about the leadership lessons of Jesus. If this is your first time joining us today, go ahead and click that follow button in your podcast app so that you are subscribed and you will not miss another episode of Marketplace Ministry. For those of you who have been with us for a while, we have been talking this season about the leadership lessons of Jesus. And today's topic is leaders serve their people. Oh, this is something that we've been actually talking about wanting to do for a while, and that's something that's been really heavy on our heart, and boy, don't we have something to tell you guys. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, when I was younger, when I was new to the workforce, Mm -hmm. you know, I had these desires of moving up the chain. I had this idea of what leadership looked like, and you know, for me, I'm a firstborn, so as a firstborn, my dad and my mom tended to look at me to help them lead my siblings, right? I had a sister and two younger brothers. Because I was put into that role from a young age, I always thought that being a leader meant I was a boss. And so I would tell my sister and brothers what to do, and if they didn't listen to me, oh boy, did I act very unkind towards them. Uh, you know, we there'd be times where punches were thrown, Uh-oh. you know, hairs pulled, things of that nature. And that's that's what I thought leadership was. Even going into a time when I had an acapella group, there was a time where we were practicing. I got so frustrated because people weren't showing up on time for rehearsals. And at one point, I remember blowing up because nobody was doing what I wanted them to do. And I think a lot of times, Some of us as leaders struggle with this concept. We think Mm -hmm. in terms of a boss, but that's not what leadership is. What I just described sounds more like a slave owner than a a leader. Like almost like cracking the whip, pointing the finger, pull pull my chair, you know? Yeah, it's like, like you're commanding people like you do this. No questions asked. Yes, sir. Right. It's like like a it's like an over glorified drill sergeant, if you will, (laughs) because in in basic training, that's how it was. They would tell you what to do and you did it. No questions asked. And I think a lot of us today have this mentality when we're getting when we're growing as leaders and we get to the top and that we feel like we have to be the boss. And that is not the case. In fact, what we're going to learn today is that Jesus told us quite the opposite. That is not what leadership looks like. And, you know, when I became a Christian, that thought process didn't necessarily all go away at once. It wasn't a magical disappearance. You know, I still had my old mindset that needed to be worked out of me. Mm -hmm. So I've been a Christian for 20 years of my life. All of that stuff once you get saved, it doesn't go away. You still got to deal with that. You know, the Bible tells us we renew our minds with washing of the water through the Word. So that, we, we have to constantly be in the Word. That's a good point because, you know, good example of that is Paul. Before he got saved, he knew of Jesus, but he murdered Christians, threw them in jail. And he himself said, every day I have to pray and refresh every day. Because do you think Paul, honestly— ever had those thoughts in his head again the thoughts don't go away but it's what we do to take the thoughts captive yeah yeah 
that will actually help out your growth and grow spiritually. But you do that first, one, by getting into the Word. Two, surrounding yourself with good people that can help grow you so you don't think about looking back. Yes, exactly. That's so good. What we want to get into today is that that we are trying to renew our minds, and we're trying to become these servant leaders. Mm -hmm. And so the, the story that we're going to key in on today is found in Matthew chapter 20, verses 20 through 28. Let me set the stage for you. This is where Zebedee's wife, she's the mother of James and John, and she comes up to Jesus and she says, Lord, could you do me a favor? And I can just see Jesus right now. He's like, he turns, he kind of smiles. With a smile, yeah. And he, he turns and he says, what can I do for you? Oh, come on, man. I can picture that right now. And she looks him in the eyes and she says, with a head tilt, <laughs> would you allow my boys, James and John, to sit on your right and left hand in your kingdom? At this moment, I, I imagine that Jesus kind of smiles and yeah, maybe, oh, maybe has a, a a slight laugh to that. And he's like, <laughs> woman. You don't know what you're asking. <laughs> and at that moment, he turns to James and John, who are standing right there, and he goes, are you able to drink of the cup that I'm about to drink of? Are you able to be baptized with the baptism that I'm about to be baptized? And the sons of thunder, these two boys, you know, the they, they, they were full it. of confidence at this point. You know, Jesus is asking They're them. Up. They're like, are you <laughs> able? Are you able? Those are very pivotal words. Yeah. It struck me as I was reading it that Jesus specifically said those three words. Are you able? So I went to the Greek, and the word mm-hmm. there is dunamahi. Dunamahi is translated as able. And if you're a, if you're a Bible scholar or a Greek scholar of any, any degree, you may understand that the word dunamis means power. Dunamahi means power that's based on your own abilities, your own mindset, favor, and permission. It also denotes that you are capable of doing something. And so Jesus is asking these boys, do you have in your own ability the power to do what you're asking? Do you have the mindset to do what you're asking? Do you have favor? Do you have permission? Well, we can see in this story mm-hmm. that their mother is asking permission. But then these boys, they say, yes. I can picture them both looking we at We are each able. Other. <laughs> we are able. And at that moment, Jesus kind of nods and he smiles. And he says, indeed, you will drink of my cup and you will be baptized with the same baptism that I'm about to be baptized. Then he looks at them all. He says, but as for who sits on my right and the left, that's not in my power to declare. It's not for me to decide. Those two seats have been prepared by my Father in heaven. Now, that's interesting to me that he said it's been prepared. That means, one, that Jesus doesn't have the authority to assign those seats. God already assigned those seats, which also tells me that whatever you're doing in your business— He assigned that to you. Only you can fulfill the call that he's put on your life. I want you to start thinking and declaring over yourself that you are able. 
that you have the abilities, the personal abilities to do it because of all of your experiences in the past that brought you to this point, you have prepared for it, you are able. So next time somebody says, Mm -hmm. are you able? I want you to say, yes, I'm able because I have the mindset to do it. Yes. And so when you... When you have the abilities from your past experience, when you have the mindset, and I, I think that's one of the biggest things that people struggle with is mindset because we deal with this thing called imposter syndrome. That's where we think, who am I to do this? Who are we to have started this podcast over a year ago that people would listen to us and hear what we have to say about leadership? Who are we? You know, we could, we could say that. We could make that case. But when mm-hmm. we ask those questions, you know what your brain does? Your brain starts to find answers to the questions you ask it. So you want to make sure that you're asking the right questions. Don't ask something like, what's wrong with me? Because guess what? Your brain is going to start telling you all the things that's wrong with you. And you don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. So start reading the word. Get around people. Make confessions. Declare over yourself who you are, who you think you are. And begin to develop that mindset so that you're able to accomplish it. If you don't have the mindset, you're never going to do it. You must change your mind. Yes. All right? Now, the next two elements of being able are favor and permission. Now, favor, that's something that we get from God. Mm -hmm. If God's anointed you to do something, you already have his favor. But we also get favor from man. As you serve people, as you help people with whatever their needs are, you'll begin to not only have favor with God, but you'll also develop favor with man. And we see that with Jesus because it said as he grew, he was growing in stature and favor with God and with man. Uh And so we have that ability. And when you have somebody's favor, guess what? They're going to start telling other people about you. You know, I had this problem, and I contacted so-and-so, and they were able to help me with this problem. And it sounds like you're having a similar issue that I had. I think you should give them a call. That's where that favor comes from. So serve people to the best of your ability. You'll develop favor with God and with man. Permission, that's where you get that point where, did somebody actually say that you could do this? So before you go into a meeting with a potential client, if you're coaching somebody, it's it would behoove you to say, do you give me permission to be your coach right now? Do you give me permission to speak into your life, to correct things that I see that, that you have said, uh, to call you out on any stinking thinking that you might have? Do you give me that permission? Mm-hmm. And once they've given you that permission, then you can coach them. If they don't give you that permission, then you're just having a conversation. You're not going to be able to impact their life very well. When I first got into marketing and sales, Jason, I was as raw as the most raw steak you ever see a day in your life. Fresh on the cow, cow's not even dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a manager there at the time that was a boss. He told you what to do. He taught it to you. Then he wanted you to go do it. That didn't work for me. I was hanging in the weeds to the point where I was on the precipice of, of getting fired. The CEO says, well, he'll Justin will be up and down, but he's never going to be consistent. I was lacking the one thing that I needed. A leader, Albert Zito, my, the boss, came back to our company, was in the field for the first day, and it just so happens that he was he, – we go walk with him. Never met the guy before. And we knocked a few doors together, and that night he came back 
and you had the boss and be like, why aren't you doing better? Why can't you do that? And after his manager, Zito, pulled him aside and pulled me, you know, talked to him. And then he talked to me, put his arm around me. He goes, you know, you have a special talent that most people don't have. You have heart and you have will and you have determination. I've seen that from the five hours I was with you. He put his arm around me. He goes, I'm willing to help take you to the next level. But I want to know, are you able to do what I tell you? Are you able to do what I'm that is need to be done to take you to where I know you can go by just meeting you? Mm-hmm. And I said, yes. He goes, you're going to wish you never asked that, but you'll <laughs> thank me on payday. He's been, we laughed. Amen. And, and um, I would come in early and stay late. And he took the time. A lot of times it was harsh correcting, but the, there's a difference. There's 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 belittling someone and there's correcting someone because they know that where they can get better because they can accept it. Mm-hmm. And you got to be wise enough to accept it and not get so caught up in your ego because once you get caught up in your ego, you're not going to release your full potential because you're going to it's going to hinder your success. Then you're going to open the doorway to failure by making excuses for yourself. Something started to click. I started to see a new person. I started to believe in myself. I started to help others. I started to coach others. Then I got promoted. Then I won the market of the year. Then I moved to Cincinnati, and then the rest is history. But the fact of the matter is someone took that chance, not by judging from the outward appearance, but who the person was in. It was the heart and the willingness to the fact that I said I was able, mm-hmm. and he believed me that allowed me to go to the next level. Amen. Mm-hmm. I think it, I think it's good that you did that. Yeah. And it's not just that he believed you, but you believed yourself when you said I am able. Yeah. And that that's so pivotal. Don't say I'm able if you don't think you're able. <laughs> yeah. if, if you're going to say those words, you need to be willing to stand by them. Those are powerful words to say mm-hmm. I am able. Amen. Let's move on and see what Jesus had to tell them. After all of this, he goes on to tell them what real leadership looks like. And this is the central idea of our talk today. In Matthew 20, verses 25 through 28, I'm going to read it. It says, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So there's a few things that I can extract from these verses right here. First of all, Jesus is telling us what worldly leaders look like. Yeah. Worldly leaders lord it over their followers these are the slave drivers these are the ones you've seen the memes on facebook and instagram where you've got the leader sitting back on the chariot with a whip and yeah, he's seen that. and he's telling his people to pull that is a worldly leader he's lording it over them there's consequences for those people if they don't do what the leader tells them to do that is not what we should be like because jesus goes on to say don't be like them This is who the worldly leaders are like. Don't be like them. Great. Okay, Jesus. Well, how should we be? He says, instead, serve your followers. Instead of yelling, go, a leader says, let's go. Let's do this. Let's do this together. That's what a leader does. And the last point is that Jesus essentially said, Mm -hmm. I didn't come here for you to serve me. I came here 
to serve you and the people of this earth. That's what a true leader is. He was willing to lay down his life for our sins, for your sins. Yeah. And so it's it's for it's for eternity. This is the type of leader we need to be. Are we bought into our team? Our team's bought into us, right? Then as leaders, we need to be bought into them. How can I serve you today? What can I do to help make your life easier? That's what a leader is for and what they do. Exactly. You got to be bought into your team. You got to develop them. Don't look at what your current numbers are. We took a team purposely Mm -hmm. that no one wanted or wanted to hire because we knew We were able to help them. But one thing in our interview process is what we would ask them is I asked them and I looked them in the eyes because I want to know, are you able? Because I'm able to help you, but are you able to receive it? Mm. And and let's do it together because receiving is everything. They say, yes, so let's go to work and do this. We didn't only become the best market. Our marketers had the best numbers out of every market out of the four markets that all put together just because they were able, we were able, and we wanted to prove that we didn't have to be a boss, but we were leaders to help develop and coach these guys. And they were bringing us something I've never received, gift cards, saying thank you, buying our lunches, just because their paychecks paid off. Yeah, mm-hmm. we were hard on them, but we did it because we wouldn't expect to do anything we wouldn't do ourselves. We were helped them when we coached them the same way we received because we had the leaders in our lives so we know we can do it with them. Yeah. But the fact of it is, it's the sacrifice of really getting down and dirty with your guys is, oh, you got to push this huge boulder up. Let's go do it together. Let's pull this boulder, boulder up. But you're the boss. I don't care. I'm here to help and lead you. We're going to do it together. And you push the boulder up the mountain. When you get there, celebrate. In the John Maxwell Leadership Bible, this was lent to me from Pastor Terry just oh. a few weeks ago, and I was studying for this this talk today. In the footnotes for this passage of Scripture that we were just reviewing, yeah. John Maxwell had put these two points, is that as you increase in leadership, your rights diminish, and as you increase in leadership, your responsibilities increase. And so what this speaks to me is that a true leader isn't concerned with their rights anymore. A true leader is concerned with how he or she can take care of their people. Okay. So when we're down at the base level of leadership, when we're on the bottom floor and we're learning and we're working our way up to the top, there's a lot of grace there. There's a lot of leeway to make mistakes and learn and grow. But as you move up the ladder, that ladder gets narrower. And as you go up, your rights decrease but your responsibilities increase. And so what that means is that if I'm at the very top of my organization, I don't have any rights anymore. I have no rights. I have no right to complain about somebody not doing a job. I have no right to express my opinion about something. I have no rights at all because my primary concern is what are my responsibilities. And my responsibilities at the top are to take care of those who are under me. What can I do? You were talking about it, Justin. Yeah. You, you were given a team that nobody wanted. It was the leadership abilities of Zito to be able to see the team as they could become, yeah. not as they were. And I think that that's a key oh, thing for us as leaders is that if we're taking care of our people, we're not looking at what is. We're looking at what they will become. Yes. We're going to develop them and enable them, empower them to become more, that they're going to be stronger, faster, better, 
smarter than before. Exactly. And it all happens through serving them. And that leads me to the parable of the good shepherd. Jesus was talking about how the good shepherd would go out and he'd find the lost sheep, right? Yeah. So let's let's look at that. Jesus is also called the good shepherd. And so if you are a shepherd and you have a flock that you're responsible for, yes, you're the boss. You're the leader of that flock. People are looking to you to take care of them. All right. But that doesn't mean that you're going to beat the sheep with the cane whenever they get out of line. No, because that would be abuse. And we're not going to abuse the sheep that are in our care. Instead, what are we going to do? We're going to feed the flock. So we're going to make sure that they get the right food in their bellies. We're going to uh, attend to their illnesses and injuries, and we're going to help them get better. We're going to help them to heal whenever they have issues come up Mm -hmm. in their life. We're going to protect them from predators. And you know there's going to be predators coming to your people. Yeah. All the time in the form of problems that are external circumstances. What, what could be a predator? It could be a bill collector hassling them at work. It could be um, the threat of divorce somewhere in their family. Maybe a kid's sick in the hospital and, and needs surgery. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, you're going to have these problems that come at them. And your job as a leader is to navigate that and help them navigate it so that they don't feel pressure from work. Like, you know that when they have problems, they're not going to be fully present at work. So you might let off a little bit, encourage them through that, but you're going you're gonna to help them. You're not going to demand as much out of them because they're hurt, they're injured. Yeah. You're going to help them through that process. And what, and what you could say to that is something that we've all, what I've said is, because I've dealt with that, you know, with someone not going, because if they're not going to get their 100%, they're not only going to give you your 100%, they're not going to make their money. It's going to hurt, hinder their success. Yeah. And one thing you got to do is know, be the leader and focus and realize, put two and two together, pull them in the office and be like, hey, can I pull you aside for a minute? Don't be like, don't say, hey, come to my office. Be like, hey, can I talk to you for a minute? Yeah, man, what's going on? Hey, I, I know you and I know your energy and your enthusiasm and what you can do. What's going on? Let's talk because I, I, I want to be here. And the number one question you're going to have to ask is, what can I do to help you? What can I do to help you? And that's something you really got to ask your guys. Oh, absolutely. When you you notice that. Absolutely. What else does a shepherd do? A shepherd keeps track of his sheep. So we, we know the story about when the one sheep went astray and how the good shepherd would go and bring the lost sheep back. Now, why would he do that? Why would he leave 99 sheep without a shepherd to go find one? Because... The one that went astray, if you know anything about animals, whenever an animal goes off and hides on its own, there are several reasons why an animal would do that. It could be sick. It could be injured. It could be in the process of dying. We're dealing with sheep. These are animals that are outside, so it could have been snatched away by a predator, and so you're going to go find it. The lost sheep, yeah. Yeah, it could have fell off a cliff. It could have done anything, and so it's your job as a leader to bring it back to safety. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what you do. And not only that, but you lead your sheep and you guide them. You guide them in the way that they should go. And all together, we move in the same direction, and that's and that's how ex- we achieve more. Notice your guys. Look at their aunt. Greet them as they come in the door. You know, don't bombard them and just, hey, man, how are you? Good, ready to rock? No. Kind of be like, hey, what's going on, bro? Good to see you today. Look at their eyes because... 
they're going to be able to tell you by their 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 body language if they're good today. Mm-hmm. And you as the leader is going to have to notice that and be like, hey, man, what's going on? You know, just go sit by them while they're at their desk. Let them know you care, yes. you know, and therefore you'll get your results. You talk to them. You're a family and you got to be that leader and be that spiritual guidance for these people that were you were in that position. If you didn't have that, be that. If you had that, be better. So we've been talking a lot about how to serve your people if yeah. you're a leader. And I want to give you three points today about how you can take what we've been talking about and start doing this in your office this week. The first thing is to lead your people by serving them is to, one, spend time with them, number two, observe them, mm-hmm. and number three, acknowledge them. Let's unpack those thoughts real quick. When I say spend time with them, I mean, it's like Justin's been saying, you get to know them, you talk to them, you find out what excites them, you find out uh, what upsets them, find out what their strengths are. How are you going to lead your sheep where they need to go unless you know what their strengths are? Because you can ask people all day long to do a job, but if that's not their strength, if that's their weakness, they're not going to perform well. Once you know what their strengths are, you'll be able to put them in the right place on the bus. And if you're not in the right place on the bus, then we're going to have a bad accident somewhere. Mm -hmm. So make sure you find out what their strengths are. Find out what their challenges are. You know, challenges don't necessarily mean that they're weaknesses. These could be just obstacles that they need to overcome in their work. Find out what it is. Maybe sit with them and watch them as they work. Ask them questions as about their thought process. Why are you doing it that way? Or just have them explain what they're doing to you as, as, they, as you sit with them. And maybe you'll see something that they're not seeing because your, your set of eyes is going to be like, aha, this is where you're getting hung up. May I offer you this suggestion? So these are the things you do to spend time with your people. The second thing is to observe them. When you are a shepherd and you're looking out over your flock, you can see they're grazing over there. Everything looks great. The The kids are over there. They're just frolicking around. Everything looks good. And then you come over here and you see Billy. And Billy is just like, something doesn't seem right about Billy. He's not his vibrant self. So that's where you, as a leader, as mm-hmm. you just said, you go over to them and you find out what's going what's going on. You know, did you get hurt? Did you stub your toe? What you're not eating? What what, what can I? Is the grass bad? What can what can I do for you? And then that's how you help them see how they do things. Look for ways to make their work easier, and ask them permission before you offer your advice. So you might say something like, "Can I show you an easier way to do that?" Mm-hmm. Or can I help you here? Or can yeah. I can I make a suggestion yeah. that will simplify your workflow? Just offer that, and if they say yes, go for it. If yeah. They, if they say no, I Absolutely. got this. Then that's your cue to back off, <laughs> unless their performance indicates that we need to do we need to get a little bit further. But if they if they feel confident that they're able to do what you've asked them to do, and they're just experiencing something that's got them off today, all right, they don't need any help. That's fine. You know, the Holy Ghost is our helper. And he won't help us unless we're actively doing something. And he won't help us unless we ask him to. Mm-hmm. We're not there to constantly be fixing things for our employees. You know, that's a problem I have as a husband, right? 
I, I don't know how many of you out there might have had this issue, but early in my marriage, whenever my wife would come to me and say that she has a problem, my brain starts to think, how can I fix this? <laughs> and my brain starts turning and I'm thinking of ways to fix the problem. But she didn't want me to fix her problem. All she wanted me to do was listen. She was going to fix the problem I'm learning that still, bro. Right? (laughs) She's going to fix it. She just wanted somebody to vent to. And so maybe your employee just needs to get something off their chest, but they don't need your help. Just hear them out. (laughs) Exactly. Because one thing I got in the doghouse is me being the leader... I'm, you know, especially at work and everything like that. She, she, my Janie would come home and, and ask me that. And she just wants me to listen, man. And I'm like, what? Well, I was like, and then I start trying to help her and, you know, do this. And I was like, she goes, babe, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just trying to coach you. I don't want to be coached. I want you to listen to me. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, this didn't go so well. Exactly. She goes, when you left the, 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 the work door, you close that when you leave the building. I said, but but uh, no buts. I'm like, yeah, okay, okay, yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> so the first two things, again, we're going to spend time with them, and then we're going to observe them. And the last thing is to acknowledge them. We've all heard throughout our careers that you praise in public and you correct in private. So do that. Catch them doing something right and praise them on the spot. We always hear about doing on-the-spot corrections, but could you imagine the impact you would have on your people if you praised them every time they were doing something right? I have a son who's autistic. I've talked about that before on this show. And we are working through things with ABA therapy, and we're learning new strategies to help him. And so whenever he gets to a point where his emotions are getting out of control to where he's moving from uncomfortable to upset to very upset to to out of control, then what we need to do is ask him, you know, what can we do? But if he's able to bring himself down, if he's able to recognize what those emotions are, and this is a challenge for people with autism, is that they have a hard time verbalizing what they're feeling. They don't know how to put words to those Mm. emotions. And so when they start to feel anxiety, what are some strategies you can use to calm yourself down? You could take five deep breaths. You could decide, is this a big problem or a little problem? If it's a big problem, then you ask for help. If it's a little problem, I can handle this. Go take a walk. Go get a drink of water. Take a break. Whatever you need to do to calm down. Or walk with them and be like, hey, what's going on? So every every time, and he's learning this. He's learning how to do this. So every time we catch him doing something right, we say, Paxton, great job controlling your emotions right there. High five. That's praise. And if you've trained dogs at all or you've worked with dogs, positive reinforcement works way better than negative reinforcement. Oh, gosh. So When true. you want a behavior, whatever behavior you want, praise it. Because the more you recognize the behavior that you want, the more of that behavior you will start to reap. And not only out of that employee, the other employees will catch on too. They'll start seeing that when... When so-and-so did something that was right, oh, I want to do that too. And then they start to do that behavior. Mm-hmm. And before long, everybody's doing Dominoes. it. And it was all because you recognized them and you praised them on the spot. So let's start doing that. And then when it comes to correcting in private, take note. I want you to look at what they're doing. Oh, you should be doing this anyway because you're observing them. Watch them. And if you see anything that they need help with, Work on guiding them towards the improvement in private. 
correction doesn't have to be discipline like, yo, knucklehead, you're doing this wrong. If you don't get it right, you're out of here. No. When you say, can I see you for a moment, that shouldn't put in their minds, oh no, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong this time? They shouldn't have that anxiety. They shouldn't feel that. You should be able to say, hey, can I talk to you about something for a second? I, I, was, uh, I noticed something and I think this might help you do a better job right? This is asking permission again. We're asking permission to coach them. And when they come over, it's a, it feels different. It doesn't feel like I need to talk to you for a minute. And then they're like, oh no, it feels more like, gee, I wonder, I wonder what I can learn out of this. And so then they'll go and you can coach them, correct them like that. If you see something that they're doing wrong or maybe inefficiently let's use that word i like that word better yeah that is if, it, if it's an inefficient process or it's ineffective in achieving the goal then we can coach them on that it's not necessarily that they did it wrong because what works for one person doesn't necessarily work for another person right but we can fix inefficiencies we can fix ineffectiveness by coaching through training mm-hmm. right so let's do that and correct them that way. And as we do, it will help them to grow. It will help you to grow. It will help your team to grow. Exactly. And the last thing is just recognize them for a job well done. Everybody craves recognition. Yep. I don't care who you are, even if you are the the most introverted person on the planet. Yeah. You can say, ah, I don't need recognition. Somewhere deep inside you, you want to be told you did a good job today. Even if it, I mean, it doesn't have to be a, full public display of affection with pats on the back at a boy you did a great job doesn't have to be over the top extravagant it can be something simple as on their way out hey you did a good job today that's all you got to do and so take note who in your flock is an extrovert give them the big praise those who are introverts you know they're going to be uncomfortable with those big praises so cater your praise to the sheep Knowing your team, yes. And that comes by watching <laughs> and paying attention and listening. Amen. So that is our show for today. And I want to run over those points one more time for you. Number one, how to serve your people as a leader. One, spend time with them. Two, observe them. And three, acknowledge them. I challenge you this week to go into your business and start implementing those processes. And you know what? I'd love to hear your feedback. Tell us how that's working for you. Tell tell us what you've done to implement mm-hmm. these ideas in your workplace and how it's turning out for you. Maybe you have a strategy to serve your people as a as a servant leader that we didn't discuss today. I'd love to hear about that too. You can send us an email at marketplaceministrypodcast at gmail.com or feel free to text us at 502-833-6136. We'd love to hear your feedback, and it could very well be featured on a future podcast. Please take the time to leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps get this message in front of other people, and it brings more awareness to what we're trying to do with Marketplace Ministry. You know, this podcast is all about looking at business through a biblical lens so that we can train up, inspire, and commission Bible-based leaders, kingdom-minded entrepreneurs to go out into the marketplace and impact the marketplace for Jesus. Please help us with that if you don't mind. Thank you. If you want more from Marketplace Ministry, be sure to check out Good News Daily. It's a flash briefing for your Alexa device. Search Marketplace Ministry in the Alexa Skills Store for a daily dose of encouragement for your work week. 
And finally, if you're a kingdom-minded entrepreneur who is focused on glorifying God by making an impact for Christ in your marketplace, I want to invite you to apply for the Kingdom-Minded Entrepreneurs Mastermind Group. Membership is for one year. The group meets once a week for 90 minutes. Space is limited to 10 people. Each week, we will gather in a spirit of harmony to discuss business wins, challenges, and we will encourage and spur one another on in each other's business pursuits. Members will rotate into the hot seat each week. And at full membership, that means that you'll be in the hot seat once every 10 weeks. And you're thinking, Jason, why would I want to be in a membership (laughs) group where I'm only going to be in the hot seat five times a year? Well, that's because when you are in the mastermind group and you sit and you hear other people's hot seats, you will get more value out of others' hot seats than you will your very own. In fact, listening in on other people's hot seats, you'll begin to have new ideas that you weren't thinking about in your business. And you're going to start to learn to solve your own problems by hearing what everybody else has to say. If that sounds like something you're interested in, challenging your thinking, inspiring you, and motivating you, if you're ready to grow your business spiritually and to begin operating in the anointing God deposited within you, apply for the Kingdom-Minded Entrepreneur's Mastermind. Simply text the word MASTERMIND to 502-833-6136 for more information. Father, we thank you, Lord, today for this message about being a servant leader. Help us as we go today to spend time with our people, to acknowledge them and observe them throughout our entire work week, that we can develop relationships with them that are not surface level, but we get deep, we get into the woods with them, and we learn what makes them tick, what ticks them off, Father, and that we can help them and coach them to grow. And we just thank you for what you're doing in us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Until next week, we call you to prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. We hope today's message inspired you and ministered to you. Let us know if it did by joining the conversation. You can do that by connecting with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Clubhouse. All the details will be in the show notes. If we helped you today, please share this episode. Be sure to rate this podcast and leave us a review. When you do, it helps us know what content you find valuable so we can make more of it. Plus, it helps get this show in front of more listeners. So if you could leave us a rating and a review, we would greatly appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Continue to seek God first and serve his people well, and your business will prosper. In Jesus' name.